Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Tonight's message is called Consistency, the Key to Victory. Consistency, the Key to Victory. I want you to write consistency in the comments because that's what we're going to talk about. When you understand this biblical truth and this, um, really, this principle of life, it's going to change your habits. It's going to change the way you view things because being consistent is not being boring. That's one thing you got to get in your mind and in your spirit. Being consistent does not relate to being boring. Some people think, wow, they do this X, Y, and Z all the time. They do the same thing. It, that's, you know, it's not boring. What it does is it's going to bring a compound interest to your life. You know, I was just thinking about these things. And uh, the word consistent, for those who like definitions, and this is more of a teaching broadcast, and, you know, that's why we do this to teach. If you want to hear me preach, you need to come to one of our meetings, <laughs> and I'll, it'll be a little different. But this is, I want to teach this because Jesus, get this, Jesus, what he did more than anything else was he taught the people. Anywhere you read through the Bible, it says Jesus taught the people. Jesus was a teacher. Amen. So tonight we're going to teach. The word consistent in the dictionary, one of the definitions is this, unchanging in nature, standard, or effect over time. I'll say it again. Consistent means unchanging in nature, standard, or effect over time. You know, Hebrews 13 verse 8 tells us this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? Jesus is consistent. (laughs) Jesus is unchanging. Jesus is the standard. Jesus is the same. He's he's constant, in other words. So if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that's somebody you can trust. When you are up and down and all around and all over the place, that's not a consistent person. The Bible says this in James 1 verse 6. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So when you're in, when you're in doubt, when you're constantly changing, and I'm not talking about the transformation change like the Bible talks about. We did a whole week on transformation. We need to change. Two things that are going to be constant in your life is one, Jesus is never going to change, and change is always going to be constant. But we need to not we need to not get crazy on what, I, what I'm going to talk about here in a little bit on, on ch- redefining yourself. And the world is constantly re... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're constantly redesigning themselves. Like they, they're doing one thing one day. Tomorrow they're doing something different. And the next day they're doing something totally different. We need to be consistent 
in who we are in Christ. And that's why the Bible says this, you know, if you're, a, if you're in doubt, if you're not consistent in your faith, if you're not consistent in the things of God, you're going to be tossed to and fro. You're going to be in doubt. And the Bible says, let him who is, who is like this not expect to receive anything from God. Remember, this year is a year of results. This year is a year of us having results in our faith, in, in seeing the manifest promises of God. That, and so if we're going to see these things happen in our lives, we must be people who are consistent. Jesus was so consistent. You know, he, he took people by surprise in the sense of, well, we weren't expecting him to go that way, or we weren't expecting him to uh, maybe say it this way or deal with the Pharisees or whatever. When you read the Bible, he, he took people by surprise. But one of the things he was consistent in was he was consistent in who he was. He was consistent in, hey, today is going to be a day of healing. Today is going to be a day of salvation. Today is going to be a day of deliverance. You always knew when Jesus came around, somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get set free. Somebody's going to get delivered. That he's going to, he's going to speak what God is telling him. He's going to stick to the scriptures. He's going to speak the word of God. His message always remained the same. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He even told his disciples, go and preach this one message that the kingdom of God is at hand. His message was so consistent. And even today, we got to be so careful that we are not altering the gospel, that we are consistent with, with, the, mes with the message. Because here's the thing, the methods may change in how the message is delivered, but the, but the message <laughs> should never change. The message should be consistent. The methods can change. You need to get that in your spirit tonight. What's the different methods? Well, for example, the method that Jesus used when he used to share the word of God was a boat, a fisherman's boat on the middle of the water so he could use um, the water as an amplifier for his voice like a microphone. Well, today, we don't need to get on a boat and preach. We have what's called microphones. What I'm talking into right now, the reason why you can hear me in your homes is because we have a microphone that's running into a soundboard, that's running into a computer, and it's pushing it out on the website uh, that you're watching on or the app, and you're hearing me. See, the method is different, but the message is consistent. It's the same. We're giving you the Word of God. So the, me the message doesn't change, but the method does. And so I say all that to say this, we must be consistent with what we believe. We must be consistent with what the Bible teaches and what the Bible commands us to do. This is a principle in the business world. It's called the compound effect. This is a principle which the definition says it reaps is a reaping of huge rewards from a series of small and smart choices. I'll say it again because it's kind of like uh, smart speaking, but it says this. It's a principle of reaping huge rewards from a series of small and smart choices. In other words, I'll put it in simpler terms. The more you do the simple things, the small things, if you keep building and you do one small thing and do it again and again and again and again, you're building upon that, eventually it becomes a big thing. A lot of little things become one big thing. How many have, have you seen 
a, a Lego set that's like it was like a thousand pieces plus. It was like crazy. And when that when that guy put it all together, that Lego set now it looks like a big boat or like some Star Wars thing or whatever it is. It's it looks different, but that Lego set is a series of small little Legos being stacked together to put that together, and now it's a big one piece item. That's what we're talking about. The power of consistency of doing the little things over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, if you grab a hold of this principle tonight, a year from now, you're going to be a totally different person. If you start doing these things every single day, day in and day out, a year from now, you're going to have victory after victory after victory. See, we can't sit around and wait for the, spe- uh, the big spectacular moments and we, we miss the supernatural. See, the supernatural things is because of a series of small events happening on a daily basis. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So in other words, we need to be steadfast. That's steadfast means consistent, means you know what? I don't care how I feel today. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray. I don't care how I feel today. I'm going to read my Bible. I don't care um, what I, what I feel like on Sunday morning. I'm going to go to church. This, these, you're steadfast. There's, there's, there's a difference. See, this generation needs to be steadfast in their faith, where it's like, I'm not giving up until I have what the Bible promises, promises me to have. And that is going to require you not going by how you feel, but going by how, what you believe. Amen. So, and then we got to be immovable. It, so you should write these, these three things down in your notes. One, be steadfast. Two, be immovable. What is being immovable? If you're going to be consistent in the things, I'm, I'm going to give you, uh, what is it, five different things to be consistent in, you got to be, you got to make up in your mind tonight, I'm going to be immovable by, by what I believe. I'm not going to sway to the left and to the right. I'm not going to be tossed by the winds and the waves, like it says in James, like I read earlier. I'm not going to be tossed left and right by the different things that are happening around me. I'm going to be immovable. See, this is a decision that you make. Paul said this. He said, my beloved brothers, be immovable. It doesn't say, hey, God is going to make you immovable. He's saying, no, you have to decide I'm not going to be immovable. Why? Because God is not immovable. See, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he never changes. Remember the definition I gave you, unchanging in nature, standard, or effect over time. He's unchanged. He's immovable. Come on, we must be immovable in our faith. That's why we do not care with respect to what's going on around us in the world, in your nation, wherever you're at, in your state. We are not going to be immovable by what we see. We're going to be moved by what we believe. You should, the only thing that should move you is by your faith and what you believe. That's it. Otherwise, be immovable by anything else because when you purpose that in your heart 
and you say, Lord, your word says this, I'm not getting off of it until you, you manifest it, and then that's when things begin to break forth in your life. The Bible says this, when you've done all that you can do, you've done everything, you've done, you've prayed, you prophesied, you've confessed, you gave, you did everything, the Bible says when you've done all you can do, stand, and then it says, even goes on and says, therefore, continue to stand. That means be immovable. That means you're not going to be swayed to the left or to the right when God has spoken to you to do something or you've been consistent. So we need to be immovable. The third one in this scripture is we need to abound in the work of the Lord. So, you know, you ha- yes, it's be- you're steadfast in your faith, you're immovable in your faith, but then you got to get busy continuing to do the work of the Lord. This is challenging for some people because the Bible says in Galatians 6, verse 9, it says, it commands us, do not grow weary in well what? Believing? Praying? No, don't grow weary in well doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. See, what happens is some people, they're believing, they're believing, they're believing, I'm believing this is going to happen, this, whatever. They're confessing, they're praying, they're believing, they're confessing, they're praying, they're believing, but they're not moving. They're not continuing to abound in the work of the Lord. You know, there's a difference. When you're going to abound in the work of the Lord, you're going to abound in going after the things of God and, and, and going after souls and and. and you know, I want to get ahead of myself, but you're, you're going to continue in the work of the Lord. You're going to continue in praying and fasting and reading your Bible and, and continue doing what the Bible commands us to do. See, people quit before they break through. You're not a quitter. I want you to say this in your home. Type it in the comments. I am not a quitter. If you're not a quitter, then you got to continue abounding in the work of the Lord. you got to continue... Um, working your faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Now, you're, what you're trying to do is you're not trying to earn your salvation. You start talking works, there's always somebody who's like, no, we can't earn our salvation. No, so this has nothing to do with earning your salvation. This has everything to do with seeing the promises of God manifest in your life. See, if you're not working your faith, and if you're not, if you're not staying immovable in your faith, you're, immovable means you're not, you don't you're not moved by what you see, but you're. But then you have to move into abounding in the work of the Lord, which means continuing in what God has prom- what God has told us to do. See, many people want to sit back and wait. We can't be that. We have to be consistent. See, if you're not a quitter, then you're going to be consistent in your faith. You see, a person who is consistent is a person God will trust. You should write that down. A person who is consistent is a person God will trust. Why? The Bible says he's looking throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on someone's behalf whose heart is loyal towards him. In other words, who is somebody who is consistent. Why was David, everybody talks about David, he was a man after God's own heart, right? We know David is a special Bible character in the Bible and and a person worth studying. But why? He was consistent. Even though he had his faults, he he made mistakes, but he was consistent in his life, in his relationship with the Lord. He was consistent in the scriptures. He was consistent uh, in his prayer life. He was consistent in his giving life. 
He was consistent in his obedience. He had his mistakes. He was human. He made of mistakes, but let's not focus on the, the couple mistakes he made and focus on the consistency of his life. See, we talk about him today because he was a man of consistency, and we trust Jesus because Jesus was a man of consistency. See, if you're a person, how many of you guys all know, as soon as I start talking about somebody you can trust and somebody you can't trust, I guarantee there's somebody flashing across your mind right now that you, this is a person who you cannot trust at all. They might tell you every single time, hey, I need your help. Can you help me? And they might tell you every time, yes, I can help you. I'll be there. And then an hour, two hours before you need them to be there, they're going to call you. Or some of them don't even call you. They just ghost you. They don't even can get back to you. And they're not there to help. They're, t- they're bailing on you. Those are not consistent people. But there's another person, if you think long enough, there's somebody who every time they said, yes, I'll be there, that's a consistent, loyal person. See, we need to become those people for God to use and to trust. And so, uh, you know, this ain't to bash anybody, but this is, you know, the first thing we need to understand is this is our decision and Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything outside of these two things is of the evil one. That's what Jesus said. It's of, of, it's of the wickedness. <laughs> because, you know, that it's going to either lead to a different direction that you don't want it to. So let our yes be yes or no be no. In other words, let us be consistent in our word, in our deed, and in our action. So a per- I want to say it again. A person who's consistent, a person God will trust. We must be consistent in these five areas if we want to see victory after victory unfold in our lives. So I'm going to give you five different areas that each one of us has to focus on and work on. Number one, we must be consistent in our character. This one's so important. We must be consistent in our character. And I also have in parentheses who we are in Christ. The Bible says this in Proverbs 10, verse 9, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. So in other words, whoever walks in character will walk securely. How many want to walk securely in life? Well, that just means, what is character? You see, character is not really talked about a whole lot. But character is who you are all the time. You know, sadly, there's a lot of people who are one way when they're speaking in front of people in a totally different way when they're not. See, a person of character is, is a person who is consistent in who they are. And if you truly want to be a person of character, you need to know who you are in Christ. Knowing who you are in Christ and what God has done for you, and who Jesus, he, he's taken your place. You've swapped places with him. When you know who you are in Christ, you begin to develop and take on the nature of God because God is never changing, but he's changing us into the image and, glo- and, image and likeness of Jesus. Then we become like Christ when we let God do the work. See, this is, in other words, you can, you can call this also the matters of the heart. Where, where we allow God to work on us inside and it reflects outside. See, if you need to be consistent with who you are when no one's watching and when everyone's watching, because that's who you really are. 
Who you really are is who no one sees but God. I'm, this, is, this is like tough stuff to, to talk about, um, but it's necessary. You know, um, Me and my wife, we talk about it a lot because we had this class in Bible school called Matters of the Heart. And when I was in school, I had to take it twice because the uh, president of the school felt to uh, reteach it in person to the whole entire class. And so the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. It also says this, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. It's one thing to be one way in front of people. It's another thing to be consistent when no one's looking. See, God is always watching you. Whether you realize it or not, God is God sees everything. Some people think they're getting away with stuff because God is only living in a church building uh, uh, on the corner of their street and another street. No, God, if you're born again, if you're saved, He lives on the inside of you. And even still, if you're not born again or saved, He sees everything. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. And so this is where we need to do a checkup, and we need to say, Lord, we help me be consistent in my character. And, you know, I'm not here to point fingers at anyone else. I'm not even thinking of anyone in general when I make comments like this. But, see, this is a personal decision you have to make, saying, Lord, I want to be consistent. You know, um, one of the things uh, that helps me um, know, re- remember and recognize that God is always watching. And, I, and you don't have to live in fear that God is always watching. And, you know, people think, well, God's watching me all the time. I need to be careful and all this. No, it's relationship. If you mess up, the Bible says, if you, if you sin, he's just to forgive you of your sin. So you're not walking around with a sin consciousness. We should walk around with a God consciousness that God sees. And so we're not trying to, um, get out of, get away with sin or live a, you know, be afraid of God. We need to let, we need to have a, a holy reverence that he's watching and let him do a work in us. And, uh, one of the things, you know, some, some people, you know, this is just a, a personal thing of mine, but some people like, I like to iron my shirts and stuff when I preach and all of that. I do it myself. No one else does it for me as of now. Um, but maybe one day they will. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. I like doing it. So what I do is I lay the, the shirt out and I iron the shirt. And I was uh, with a group of ministers before and they were trying to tell me, you know, you don't need to iron the back of your shirt. If you're going to keep your coat on the whole time, you can kind of cut corners and you don't have to do that. But, you know, I thought, you know, maybe no one will see my back if I never take my coat off, but God sees and I'm ironing my shirt for the Lord. Like I'm doing this unto the Lord and not unto man. Maybe I'll never take this coat off. This is just me personally talking to you guys tonight. If we were in our living room, this is what I would, this is the same story I would tell you. Maybe no one would see the creases on my back, but I always iron my shirt with the understanding. This is how character you want to know real character is God sees the back of my shirt. And so I'm going to iron this thing as if it's unto the Lord. He's going to see it. I'm not going to see it. No one else is going to see it, but he's going to see it. See, that's walking with uh, an understanding that God sees everything. And you're not doing it unto man. You're doing it unto God. So who you really are is when no one's looking. And that's why we need to let God do a work in us. See, the anointing will be manifest. People can be anointed. They can scream. They can shout miracles, signs, and wonders. Praise God. I mean, I believe in all that. I'm contending this year for more miracles, signs, and wonders 
that I've ever seen. But you know what's going to keep people raising and going up and up and up? It's their character. It's who they really are. So you can't get away with anything because the Bible says, he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. It doesn't matter how holy you look in front of people. What matters is you have an audience of one who sees everything, and you need to be consistent in your character. I can't stress that enough because, see, if you're, it's your character that will keep you where you need to be. It's your character that will sustain you. It's your character that causes longevity. How many listening to me right now, you want to go all the way with God? You know, it's one thing to start right. It's another thing to finish right. You know, this year is called Run to Win. You know, in a race, you can start out in first place, but if it's a long-distance run and you start out sprinting, you're going to eventually get tired, and you could finish last, but you could have started in first. See, we're in this thing for the long haul. And so character, you saying, Lord, do a work on the inside of me. Come and burn strong in me. Lord, burn everything out that's not of you. Lord, put character in me. Father, give me a consciousness of your surrounding that you see me. I mean, even if it comes down to you ironing your clothes and saying, Lord, no one's going to see my backside, but you are. I'm going to iron my shirt no matter what like this. I mean, that's me personally, but you might have your own thing. You know, for some of the ladies watching, it's like there's a corner that no one is ever going to see besides maybe you if you don't move that stuff and clean it. But you just have to move it anyways because you know it's there. You know, that's the way you got to live your life for God, that you know that he sees because he is the Lord who sees. He sees it all. And you say, Lord, I'm not doing this because I'm afraid of you. I'm doing this because I honor you and I want the character of God. Amen. So number one, you must be consistent in your character. I could preach that all night, but I want to give you number two through through five. Number two, you must be consistent in your word life. You must be consistent in your word life. Sadly, many people, not you listening to me, but many people do not have a consistent word life. They are not reading their Bibles at all, let alone every single day. I mean, I remember, you probably heard me say this before, but I'll share it for those watching for the first time. I was preaching in a church, and the Lord said, teach on the fundamentals of faith and uh, of, of a Christian. And I said, how many of you have a daily Bible reading plan? Like, or you read the Bible every single day? And I mean, it looked like everyone saw a ghost, <laughs> And the, the air got sucked out of the room, and they were. I could feel the thoughts. Do I have to read the Bible every day? No, you don't. But if you don't want to increase, if you don't want victory, if you don't want to be consistent, then you're going to get weaker. You're going to get. You're not going to be in knowledge. The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I mean, you're going to be destroyed if you don't know what's yours. If you don't know what belongs to you. So Joshua one verse eight is a is a common. Scripture verse, and it's, it's worth noting tonight, the Bible says, study this book of instruction continually. That means consistently. Study this book of instruction consistently. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So in other words, no word 
No consistency in the word, no prosperity, no true success. We must be consistent in our word life. That's why we have, we're doing right now the daily Bible reading plan. And we'll offer that probably every single year until Jesus comes back. Because why? We always need to be consistent in God's word. Daily, daily word life. Jesus, when he uh, was being trained for ministry, you know, Jesus didn't go into the ministry until he's 30 years old. And where, where was he found by his parents that we know from the scriptures? He was found in the temple studying the scriptures and teaching the scriptures. Why? He understood the power of, even though he was 100% man and 100% God, he understood the power of consistently being in the scriptures. If we would just grab a hold of this tonight, your life a year from now will not look the same if you consistently read your word. You consistently meditate on it day and night. You're, the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to transform your life through uh, anything else other than the word? You will. You'll transform it into the and be conformed into the world, image of the world. But if we're consistent in scripture, we're going to be transformed into more of the image of God. You're going to have more peace in your life because peace and peace comes Obviously, Jesus said, peace I give to you, peace the world cannot give. But fear and torment and, and uh, disruption in your life all come from excess things, from hearing negativity and, and meditating on, on wrong possibilities. Imagine meditating on the word day and night, every single day of your life, and seeing transformation, transformation take place. We must be consistent in our prayer life, if you want victory or in, in, your, in our word life, I'm getting into point number three, you must so that you can know what's yours, you can prosper in all that you do, and then you'll succeed in all that you can do. You must. Number three, we must be consistent in our prayer life. In our prayer life. So you have your word life. And when I say consistent, I'm not talking about you had to sit there and pray for eight hours or pray or read your Bible for eight hours. I'm talking about daily taking bites of the Word of God. When I say bites, 15 minutes, 20 minutes minimum reading your Bible. That's, it takes me about 15 minutes every day to do the daily Bible reading plan. What is 15 minutes of your day to, to read your Bible? Not much at all. And then take time to pray. The Bible says this, Jesus often withdrew himself to pray. You read it time and time again. Jesus got, prayed through the night. Jesus arose early in the morning to go and pray. Jesus was constantly consistent in his prayer life. You know, many people, they want to see the miraculous. Or when things start happening in their life, they want... Um, they want a miracle. They want a breakthrough. They want uh, a healing to manifest. They want, they want whatever it is. You fill in the blank. However, they, they wait until the tragedy. They wait until the thing goes bad. They wait until they have to pray rather than just being consistent in their prayer life so that you are ready to take on what comes at you. How is Jesus able to humble himself and to submit to going to the cross. I want you to think about that for a second. 
Was it because he was God? No, I believe it's because he was walking in the spirit and not in the flesh because of his prayer life. When they came for Jesus to start the process of the crucifixion, where was he found? In the garden of Gethsemane, what was he doing? Praying. See, prayer prepares you for what's to come, good and bad. We should pray consistently when times are good, and we should pray consistently when times are bad. If you're consistent in your prayer life, you won't even feel the times that are bad because you've already been hearing God's voice when things are good. You've already been obeying and in communication with God when things are are firing on all cylinders and when things that come in and uh, rock your world because you've been consistent in your prayer life, it's like you don't feel them. It's kind of like you get that brand new car that can handle uh, the, the uh, uh, what is it, like the bumps and everything like that. It's got like the hydraulics where it's able, it feels like you're on a smooth road, but it's just, it's taking the impact because it's able to hand that on the, handle that on the springs. That's how prayer is. You're consistent every single day. You have time up set aside where you are just Quiet before the Lord and petitioning the Lord in your, in your communication with Him. Prayer simply just means communication with God. And obviously there's different types of prayer, and that's for another lesson. But you, you, if you're in constant relationship with God, one, the Bible says He'll show you things to come. If you're in the Spirit, He'll show you when things are about to not be so good, and it won't take you by surprise. See, God actually doesn't want you, the only surprises God wants you to go through is like good, hey, I have a I have a surprise, like a birthday surprise or some type of, you know how people put on surprise parties for somebody? That's the kind of surprises really God only wants you to experience. He doesn't want you to experience any blindside, negativity stuff. Why? Because you can pray. You can seek the Lord. He can show you things to come. He can show you, hey... This is about to happen. This is about to happen. I mean, you can get so close to God like Enoch. Literally, Enoch walked with God, and then he was taken up. He didn't even see death yet. Enoch walked with God that close. Obviously, you know, no one probably is going to get taken up like that unless it's the rapture. However, that's what a prayer life should look like, a consistent day in, Lord, you're with me. I hear you. Let's talk. Let's communicate. Let me petition you. Let me come to your throne boldly like the Bible says and receive grace. Amen. Be consistent in your prayer life. Number three. Number four. And these cover like basically the the these cover basically every area of your life. You want healing in your life? You want fi- the next one's going to be about finances. So that's why I want to say this ahead of time because being consistent is not just for one area. It's going to encompass your whole entire life. So number 4, be consistent in your giving life. What do I mean by that? Well, Malachi 3, a lot of churches go here just as a reminder to the people. Malachi 3 says in verse 6, I am the Lord and I do not change. Right off the get-go, what is God saying? I am the Lord and I am consistent. (laughs) I am constant. I am consistent in who I am. I am consistent in what I do. However, He says this, that is why your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. 
Now return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Then he says, how can we return to you when we've never gone away? But then he says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When do we ever cheat you? In other words, when were we ever not consistent with you, Lord? Here we are. And he says, you have cheated me or you have been un, you have not been consistent with the tithes and offerings due to me. In other words, you've been not consistent with your finances. You've been not consistent with the biblical principles of the word of God. Now, I'm just teaching the word tonight. I'm not a church. I'm not asking for your tithes. And we will receive an offering at the end, but not right now. I'm teaching on the principle of finances so that you can see consistent increase in your finances. I mean, if I asked how many of you listening to me right now want to see your finances increase so you can be a greater blessing to the kingdom of God, every hand in emoji hand should go up. We should all increase. However, we must be consistent with the commandments of God according to the Bible in our finances. So the Lord is saying, he's rebuking us, and he's saying, look, you've cheated me. You've been inconsistent with your tithes and offerings. So now he says, you're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Then he says this. So he gives the remedy. He says, hey, you've, been, you've, you've cheated me. You've been uh, inconsistent. But hey, here's your opportunity now to get consistent again. And he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough room in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of hosts, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you will not have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. In other words, what the Lord is saying is challenge i'm challenging you this is what he's telling you in all the believers all the christians across this globe i'm challenging you to be consistent with your finances in the tithes and offerings and watch and test me and prove me and remind me of this scripture so i will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room to contain he's saying look Come back, return to me in this. Not so your church can have more money per se, though they will. There'll be a greater blessing to their community. Yes, they're going to increase all of that. Ministries like ours, of course. But not just for that sake alone, but for you to see your giving life be consistent. And if your giving life is consistent, your receiving life will be consistent. That's good for your notes right there. If your giving life is consistent, your receiving life will be consistent. Try it. Put the Lord to the test. Put the Lord to the test. Try it. Prove me. He said this in verse 11, Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from the insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you are a land with such a delight. Even goes on to say in uh, the New King James, he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He, you know, how many people who, who choose not to enter into this part of the covenant, you know, you're going to pay your tithe somewhere. And most of the time it's going to be to the hospital. It's going to be to CVS for prescription drugs. It's going to be um, to 
loss and damage and things that are just falling apart because you're opening yourselves up for your finances to be cursed. When God is saying, no, put me to the test, return to me in the 10% of your tithes to your local church and your offerings to where the Lord directs you and tells you to give, and watch how I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing with no room to receive it. And not only that, that things that have caused your, your finances to seem like it's water in your hands, that's running through your hands, will no longer do that anymore. You'll be able to retain it. You'll be able to keep it. And God's hand will be upon everything that affects your finances in your life. Does that mean things won't happen that might challenge this? Yes, things will happen. I mean, I shared the testimony before of our uh, Jeep Cherokee that we have now. Before we got this car, we were going down the road, minding our own business, and we're just driving the speed limit and having a great time, and all of a sudden, somebody in, rams us behind us and uh, totals the car out. Now, we were totally protected and everything, but now we're without a car. The car was still on a lease, so we still had to pay money on it, and we're wondering what the heck's going to happen, and supernaturally, we went to this scripture right here, and we said, God, we bring our tithes to the storehouse. We give our offerings when you tell us to give, and this is the devourer trying to take us out, and Lord, over to you, because your Bible says we're to test you and prove you in this, so here you go. Here's your test, and we put him to the test, and supernaturally, that Jeep came into our possession, and uh, even somebody paid the bill for monthly on the, on the lease for it. So that's supernatural. See, that's us saying, you know what? This is what the Bible says. We're going to do it. And see, the devil and the enemy in life itself tries to come at this blessing. And if you, if you let go and say, I don't know how I'm going to make it if I keep doing this with my money, then you're not, you're not going to make it. But God is saying, look, just trust me in this. It makes no sense to the mind, but it will make sense when you do it and when you get in those positions, how God delivers you out of them quickly and swiftly. That we're talking about from the moment, the accident, till a couple, maybe six weeks later, we're in a brand new car. I mean, it was supernatural. We didn't have to scrounge around. We didn't have to beg. We didn't have to ask borrow besides just to the, the least place. But then somebody ended up paying the bill anyway. So do you see what I'm saying? Be consistent in your giving life. Don't give up on that. Be consistent. Be a giver. So you know what? Jesus was so consistent as being a giver that when and Judas was his treasurer, I want you to get this. They, he was so known for blessing the poor and sending Judas to go give all the time that when Judas got up and they, you know, they just got done talking about how someone was going to be uh, uh, going to betray Jesus. When he got up and left, the disciples thought he's going to get up and leave and go give to the poor because Jesus was so consistent in being a giver. How much more us? Amen? And number five tonight, be consistent in obeying the voice of God. Be consistent in obeying the voice of God. When God tells you to do something, just do it. Be consistent. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy 28 in verse 1. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. And that's the NLT. I want to give you the new King James. Now it should come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and to observe carefully all his commands, I give you today, the Lord will set you high above all the nations of the earth. 
Do you, do you catch that with what this translation says? If you diligently or consistently obey the voice of the Lord your God, He will set you high above all the nations of the earth. See, we need to be people who obey the Lord when He speaks. And He's speaking more than you realize. He's tugged on your heart to do something. Many of us, we all have our stories where we didn't obey. And you can feel that grieving, like, man, I should have told that person about Jesus. Or, man, the Lord was telling me to give this in the offering, and I didn't give it. And, or the Lord told me to get up and, and do this in my life, and I've delayed it year after year after year, and you never do it. You know, and, you know, God is a good, he's full of mercy. He's full of compassion. Yes, you know, you can go back and, you know, he, if he's still wooing you to do something, that means it's still time to do it. But why not just be instantly obedient? See, we can trust God. This whole thing, being consistent, goes back to Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a person we can trust. So obey quickly and swiftly. Be a consistent person of obedience. You know, many people, the people around you will start recognizing that you're a person like that. They'll start saying, you know, that's a person. That, you know, they won't say they're, they're obedient to God. You know what they'll start saying? That's a person who hears from God. How do, they, how do they know you hear from God? Because they can see that you instantly obey every time God tells you to speak. You become a testimony to those around you because you're obeying. And then, look, there's a blessing attached to obedience. You know, the blessing of God really is activated through your obedience. And if we're consistently obedient, we're going to consistently have success and consistently have victory. That's why the title of tonight's message is Consistency, the Key to Victory. Because if we're consistently obeying, consistently doing these things that I mentioned tonight, you can't go backwards because it goes back to the um, compound effect where you're doing these little things over and over and over again, which will eventually cause huge rewards in the end. And so tonight, I want to encourage you, Tonight, if anything, you go back and listen to this again if you didn't take notes. But I want you to begin to obey God in everything that you're doing. That's how you, you watch some people and you say, why are they so successful? Why are they seeing so many breakthroughs? Why does it seem like their prayers get answered all the time? And one man of God puts it in the, in the most simplest and I think the easiest ways to put it. And he says, it's not because they have more faith than you. They just might have a little more obedience. <laughs> They just might obey God a little bit more because the Bible says he's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And if you're going to be a person of faith, you're going to be a person of consistent obedience. That's who Abraham was. Abraham was a man who was consistently obedient, even to the point where he was going to sacrifice his son Isaac because he trusted God so much in God's consistency that he said, you know what, I believe that if I have to slay my son, that God has the power to raise him from the dead. And we know now that's a type and shadow of Jesus and the Father. How the Father literally put the sin of the world on Jesus because he obeyed even to the point of death. And what does the Bible say? Three days later, he was raised from the dead. Why? Because of the consistency of God and the obedience that Jesus had. How much more should we obey on this side of, of the new covenant? And so I'll, I want you to, take, you to take that into your heart tonight and say, Lord, help me be more obedient. 
and cry out to God tonight and say, Lord, help me be consistent in my character. If you need to adjust your word life, Lord, get into your word. Read your Bible daily. Make it tonight. Say, you know what? I'm going to start tonight. I'm going to read the Bible tonight. Read the Bible tomorrow. And after you do it for 21 days, you develop a great habit of being consistent in the word and then stick with it. Prayer life. Start. Do something. Get into a, a groove with the Lord. If you got to go and walk, I like to walk and pray. That's how I stay consistent. I'm getting my exercise, and I'm also praying. So I'm doing two things at once. Do that. Do whatever you have to do. Be consistent. Giving, the first time, every time a check comes in uh, to us, or personally we get paid, the 10% right off the top. We don't even wait. We don't even look at the taxes. We, don't, we give right off the net top. We don't do the gross. We do the net, whatever's come in, and we just give it. We do it. We're consistent, consistent with the tithe. And then when the Lord speaks, which is number five, being obedient. If he tells us to give, we give. If he tells us to go somewhere, we're going somewhere. If he tells us uh, anything, whatever, we obey. Amen. And that's how you're going to see victory after victory in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for those who have listened to this all the way through. I thank you, Father, as you've given this word to me tonight. I thank you for a grace for each person to be consistent in every area of their lives. Lord, show them the areas that they need to improve on. Holy Spirit, bring things to their remembrance. Show them the steps that they need to take in their life so that they can be consistent and see victory after victory. And this is going to be the year of great results and more testimonies than prayer requests in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, I want to give you an opportunity tonight to sow into the kingdom of God and what the Lord is doing through Zaner Ministries. And uh, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of great things. And one of those things is an outreach in Lufkin, Texas. And we're going to be preaching down there. And we're going to be seeing souls saved. And this is a Holy Ghost set up. I'm telling you right now, this thing is Holy Ghost. Not just because it's called Holy Ghost and Fire Services. But the pastor had a dream. And in the dream, it was me. And the Lord gave him my name and everything. And when he went to his leadership meeting, he began to ch tell his leadership about us. And the, one of the ladies uh, on his leadership team went to Bible school with my wife. And she pulled our picture up and said, is this the people you saw? And the pastor said, yes. And the next thing you know, we're heading down there on the 29th of February to start on the 1st of March. And then on the 2nd, we're going to be doing a community outreach. We're going to be blessing the community and preaching the gospel. And many people are going to get healed, delivered, and saved. So I want to give you a chance right now to sow into that. And you can see the different ways to give on the screen. And I want to encourage you to partner with us. This is one of many outreaches that we are doing this year. I already have, and I'll pull it up on my phone. But we already have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Eight confirmed outreaches that we're doing this year. That's eight. And we're going to be coming out with more information with that and how you can sow into it. And I'm believing God for people who can sow $1,000 one time right into these events because we're believing God to do great things. So if you're somebody listening to me right now and the Lord puts it upon your heart to sow $1,000, I want you to obey the Lord. It's going straight into souls. And just do it. And obedience is the key to your breakthrough. Obedience. And so you say, why $1,000? Because it takes major finances to do these crusades, and we're believing God to pay for them all ourselves. 
Why? Because God has given us the power to create wealth, and we're doing what the Bible says, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I'm telling you what, this is going to be a year of we're running to win souls, number one, running to win souls, as many as we possibly can. Jesus could come back before December 31st, and that's why we're going that's why we're going to, we're going to run like Jesus is coming back. We're doing eight, minimum eight on this list. And you're going to see the different cities we're going to be going to in the different states. And you can sow into it tonight. And I am passionate about this because it's lost people. So obey the Lord in your giving. You might say, I can't do $1,000 tonight. Maybe you can do 500. Maybe you can do 250. Maybe you can do 100. Maybe you can just do 100 every single month. We're believing God for 1,000 partners to stand with us. We're believing God for people who can sell $1,000 and those who want to partner with us at $84 a month. And if you partner for 12 months straight, that's $1,000 into the gospel. You can do it. You say, I can't do 1000 at one time, but I can do 1000 in 12 months. Just do what you can do. Trust us, and we're going to trust you, and we're going to get this harvest of souls reaped before Jesus comes back, and it's going to be powerful in Jesus' name. So you can, uh, those listening, you can go to zanerministries.com forward slash give. You can see the different ways to give there. You can also go to PayPal or Venmo or Cash App. It's all dollar sign or at give ZMI. If you'd like to mail in a check, you can mail in a check to Zaner Ministries at P.O. Box 125, Copley, PA 18037. I want to challenge you, if you have a business, sow from your business. Business seeds will produce business harvests. Personal seeds will produce personal harvest. Ministry seeds will produce ministry harvest. Amen. And then we also have Zell, info at zanerministries.com. If you'd like to send Zell, just obey the Lord. That's all we ask. We're not putting any pressure on anybody, but we are putting pressure on the Word of God. And that's why we're, we're giving you a chance to be a part. Because the Bible says, men shall give unto your bosom. Amen. So we're giving you a chance to partner with us. I want to thank the partners who are watching right now. I see many of our partners who have tuned in, whether you're still on or you were on later. We want to thank you for that. Maybe you're, maybe you're sitting on, I'm not sure if I want to partner. Just scan this QR code on the screen and you can see the different things that you're partnering with. You can, you know, it's more than just a broadcast and me, uh, me being a tonky head. We do a lot more things than that. Amen. And then also my wife is doing, I forgot to mention this earlier, but she's doing a young ladies conference. So this is just for ladies, biological ladies. I had to put that out there. Born a woman, and you are still a woman. Um, this is on March 23rd at Kingdom Life Family Center from 2 to 8 p.m., and uh, all the information's there on the screen. You got to register, so go to that website on the screen and register there, and uh, be a part. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Continue to pray for us as we prepare for what God is doing. We're going to be back here Thursday at 8 p.m. We're being consistent with Tuesday and Thursday. So join us Thursday night at 8 p.m. live. I love you guys. God bless you. And we will see you Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. 
go to zanerministries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.